0: hello and welcome back to the all things psychological podcast this is episode four i'm your host this episode is going to be on the realm of psychedelics and i feel like it's fitting right so a couple of things couple of notices bear with me i'm going to try to talk fast is uh you'll notice that i took a quite a bit of a hiatus i was just so fucking stressed out y'all um career wise, financially, internally, I was just struggling a lot. So I needed a fucking break. I'm back. And I also didn't want to put out content that was half-assed. Granted, I may only have one person listening to this, which is me, (laughs) but you know, it's still my shit. It's, you know, my baby, my little kind of diary. So I don't know. I didn't want to kind of come into this being unmotivated and then listening back feel like you were in such a, shitty place when you put out this content and your heart wasn't really in it. So I'm trying to do my best. I feel more motivated in this moment. Um, So yeah, that's why I took a hiatus. The other thing is before we kind of get started into this topic, being a therapist, it is important to kind of provide some disclaimers ethically. Um, We could treat this as informed consent if we would like, which is always ongoing. So I will definitely give some more disclaimers as I see fit, but I just want to name that the all things psychological podcast in its entirety and specifically this episode are in no way a, uh, a replacement for therapy. So my hope is for all of you that are listening, wherever you are in the world, my hope is if you do uh, believe in therapy and feel that it is necessary for you and your mental health needs that you are seeking it and therapy resources, my hope is that you are surrounded by supportive people in your life that you can lean on um, to just kind of have. More emotional support in the meantime. My hope is that you are able to access any hotlines. If you are needing someone, a trained professional to talk to you, um, please know if you do have access to internet, that accessing these resources and accessing hotline numbers are only a Google click away. And I am no way saying this to be demeaning, but I just want you to know that it is at your fingertips if you do see fit. Um, the other disclaimer I want to make is that the All Things Psychological podcast, past, previous, um, and present and future episodes are in no way supposed to be taken for as a way to have advice for what you should do in therapy, um, what you should do, especially this episode talking about substances. This is no way supposed to be taken as Advice, this is my own kind of lived experience, uh, my personal beliefs, some clinical understanding and implications of things, but in no way is supposed to be um, utilized as advice, so please know that. Um, and lastly, I also want to provide the most important disclaimer, which is I am in no way in the All Things Psychological podcast I am in no way promoting the use of drugs. I am talking about psychedelics and the benefits and the research on um, psilocybin-assisted therapy, and specifically around trauma. But I am no way am in no way saying you need to be using drugs, especially as a part of your healing journey. I hope that you have. Um, some awareness into your own personal struggles whether that is with substances or through a family member or a loved one and understanding that if this episode is not for you if it is too activating to listen to that you can skip this one um, no fault on your own and I hope that you end up finding an episode that you really connect with but I just wanted to provide a few disclaimers I just feel like that is my ethical obligation my human obligation to the world to always note that so now we can kind of lean into the realm of psychedelics. So as you all know, the, the podcast is called All Things Psychological. Double entendre there when I kind of came up the name. Obviously, being a therapist, All Things Psychological are fascinating to me. I read a shit ton of books about it. I love kind of analyzing the mind, all that good shit. The other side of it is if you look at the actual icon or picture of the podcast, you will see a little mushroomy Um And as much as I love the vegetable mushrooms (laughs) and even the healing power of mushrooms that are not psychedelic, um... I do love psychedelics, (laughs) specifically psilocybin. And so um, while I may say psychedelic, meaning kind of the class of drugs, uh, which from my understanding, and someone let me know if I'm getting this wrong, I don't have Google out in front of me, but I believe it is LSD, DMT, and I want to say MDMA, and then of course mushrooms, but I could be wrong. But then, you know, I may say shrooms and psilocybin kind of interchangeably, but just please know. For the sake of simplifying shit, I mean the same thing, okay? We're talking about shrooms right now now. So I felt like it was imperative to, first of all, just name my personal experience doing shrooms over the years and really then kind of talk about the, uh, some of the kind of clinical research and implications of it. And my fascination with that, because I feel like I live in the duality of understanding the power of mushrooms, meaning I can understand how healing mushrooms can be, uh, shrooms can be in like, you know, especially as a supplement to your healing journey, but not the entirety. And we'll get into that. But then I also can understand that shrooms are just fucking fun, right? Like I feel like I've definitely used shrooms as a way to escape, um, and have fun as we do weed, as we do alcohol, as we do insert, whatever the fuck. Um, But I definitely live in the duality of understanding that it can be both to people, it can be one or the other to people, and it can be just not the right fit. Um, and I think something that I have to call out, especially if you listen to previous episodes where I named that my dad is a recovering alcoholic, uh, is that I, of, I obviously can understand my own high-risk behaviors and tendencies, my own increased likelihood for engaging in substance use, and how that kind of fuels my own decision-making. And that has come from and continues to come from the past few years of doing my own therapy, like seeing a therapist and just knowing what's right for me. So I just want to name that we are all walking contradictions, especially myself. And I just want to name that I understand how some of the choices I made over the years with certain substances and even with shrooms have kind of definitely been fueled by my own previous experiences being around people that use substances. So with that said, let's kind of get into it. So for me, I really started utilizing shrimps when I was 18, And at the time, engaging, obviously, in high-risk behaviors, my dumbass kind of classified drugs. I don't know if other people do this, but I just feel like this is a silly, a bit of a silly way of thinking, which is I was engaging in high-risk behaviors. I was out on my own the first time. I wanted to connect with all the cool kids, like all the hot girls and all the cool guys. And I wanted to be cool. I, like, was so fucking insecure, which I think we all kind of go through that stage, I guess, but... I don't know. I felt like at 18, maybe I should have had my shit a little bit more together, but I didn't. I was so fucking insecure. My God. Um, with that said, the best way to connect at that time in college, the college I went to was through drugs, whether that was alcohol, whether that was weed, I was smoking and had been smoking since I was 13 at that time. So that came natural to me, but I had never done shrooms and I ended up connecting with, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. But one thing about this whole kind of classification was I had told myself, okay, so I'm going to smoke some weed. I'm going to drink alcohol. I'll do a little Molly and ecstasy and I'll do shrooms, but I'm not touching heroin. I'm not touching coke. I'm not touching meth. And it's like, they're all fucking drugs. (laughs) like They're all substances. What kind of person fucking classifies this shit? But in my fucking head at the time, I was like, no, like these are, we'll do these things, but we won't go this far. Like it was just interesting how my high risk behaviors would kind of lean into certain shit, but then I would have enough morals to not go this other side. It was so fucking stupid. I mean, they're all drugs. We all use them for different reasons. And so Anyways, I had met this cool-ass chick uh, in my dorms. I want to say she lived the floor below me. Um, and we connected. We worked together. She was hella cool. But she had introduced me to uh, psilocybin. And the first time I had a shrooms trip, I have to say, in its entirety, almost, you know, over 10 years now doing shrooms, I've personally never had a bad trip. That's just me. I also want to be honest that I understand a lot of people have. I do think my personal feeling is I do feel that a lot of that is kind of indicative of the people you're around and the environment you're in, but also just kind of the headspace you're in too, as with any um, substance, because you're obviously under the influence. But uh, for me, I've never had a bad trip. I've had trips where I'm like, eh, I'm ready to get sober. I'm ready to fucking go to bed, but it's never been enough for me to have a bad trip. Uh, and so, That first trip, I remember it so vividly that I ended up finding myself trying to chase that experience. Not that feeling per se or maybe, but more so that experience of being under the effects of shrooms, like that tingly, prickly feeling in a good way. It kind of tickles your stomach. You feel like laughing. You cry until you laugh and it's just and you laugh until you cry. It's just fun. And um, that first experience I did with that girl I met in dorms was just so fucking Dope. And I remember kind of hallucinating for the first two hours or so. And the rest of the trip being such a blur, like just having fun, shooting the shit, laughing at whatever, eating pizza, walking around the campus, talking to people, like just being fucking stupid 18 year olds. It was fucking fun. And so then after that, I ended up finding myself, you know, really trying to do shrooms more often. And what was interesting is at that time shrooms became a replacement for me over weed because weed was making me fucking anxious. And even to this day, I actually took a few years from smoking weed. And then kind of like recently, I want to say two, three years ago, I started getting back into smoking weed. Um Even to this day, shroom, I mean, not shrooms, uh, weed makes me fucking anxious. Like, I don't know what it is. I also feel like that's a sign that I should definitely stop smoking. And I have, but at that time, especially in my late, like, you know, being 18, 19 I was feeling more and more anxious and I wasn't getting paranoid, but I found when I smoked weed, I was more hyper aware of myself, but in a negative way, like I was more critical of myself and I wasn't enjoying my time. So I didn't get like hella paranoid or anything, but I would really shut down and kind of get stuck. And I just felt like, yo, if I feel like this and I got to go home, there's no point in me smoking weed. And then recently, again, it's kind of been like, I need to be in my room. I need to be away from people. I can't be around weird like energy. And I just feel if you have all these fucking stipulations, you really need to be engaging in this substance. No, the answer is no. So I just haven't really been smoking weed anymore. So kind of going back to when I was 19, 18 at that time, shrooms kind of became that space where weed was for me and if I wasn't doing shrooms and I couldn't do shrooms every day obviously I was then drinking a shit ton of alcohol and what ended up happening is after I graduated around in my early 20s I was still using shrooms as a way to escape I hadn't really gotten into understanding shrooms in a deep way as a way to be healing or as a way to provide space for healing or understanding of myself it was just like I'm under this influence. I like the way I feel. I feel like I'm hella chill and hella fun. I feel like I'm more nice. Like I fucking loved it. Like that's all I could kind of shape with my understanding and doing it with my friends. You know, it's like, oh, this is a fun thing. I fucking love shrooms. I'm hallucinating. Woo! You know, or I feel good. (laughs) And it was chill. And in my early 20s, that was kind of the lowest. Those like five years in my early 20s were such a low fucking feeling. I hated myself my god hated that i vividly remember like how much i hated myself and really struggling with my depression at that time um financially i was really struggling my relationship was going to shit um and yet i had to kind of rely on this person and then didn't like it was just such a shit show trying to make ends meet working three jobs you know like it it, my life just it, it was just shitty um, not to say other people's aren't, because it definitely is. And I'm just kind of talking from my experience at that time. It was shitty for me, so I continue to use shrooms as a way of escaping. And I want to say too, you know, utilizing psychedelics, utilizing substances has been around for centuries. This is nothing new. My experience is nothing new. When you look at other cultures and their traditions, even when you look at ayahuasca, like this has been around a long time in a way of healing. So I'm just kind of explaining my own journey with getting to that point, but. At the time, I wasn't really using it in that way. And the other thing to think about, too, is at least in my early 20s living in California, surprisingly, shrooms was not that accessible, at least where the fuck I lived. You know, we know it's been around forever, but you had to know a homie that knew a homie that knew a homie would have shrooms and sell selling to you. It's not like going to fucking Whole Foods and you're like, oh, okay, what shroom? what kind of shrooms do I want to use today? Like it was definitely a fucking process. And even kind of now is, but now being more connected to different communities and resources, it's much easier. And of course, capitalism, everybody is kind of getting into the industry as a way to get ahead of the new wave because it'll be another thing shortly, especially in California that becomes uh, an area where the government especially can monetize off, or, off of it and put stipulations. So you see a lot more companies nowadays really leaning into psilocybin and selling psilocybin capsules, like microdosing capsules and chocolates and shit. And they had it back then, but it just wasn't as accessible. So um, then kind of going through all that shit. And once I started um, my journey of Kind of therapy and really getting a good therapist. I went through, I want to say two, where I just didn't have a good time. Once I found a good therapist and I was continuing to use shrooms, it inadvertently became the catalyst of utilizing shrooms in a healing way. By that, I mean I had been in therapy a little over a year and I had kind of started this tradition of going to South Lake Tahoe to be by myself because I really didn't like myself I really uh in a deep way hated myself and I wanted to find a way to just reconnect with like who I am um, without getting into a space of needing people to validate me but trying to find ways to validate myself from what I had learned in therapy so i had started that tradition of going to Tahoe And I would go by myself for like four days and, uh, go on this like big shrooms trip, like this huge shrooms trips. And what I ended up finding out was that I still love shrooms, but I felt like so fucking grounded after. I felt so connected. I obviously biologically think we are wired to be connected to water. I love water. Um, I love swimming. Like if anyone knows me as a kid, I used to love fucking swimming. So I just feel like being near water, being near nature, just being intentional utilizing what i had learned in therapy being uncomfortable with trying to get comfortable being on my own and then kind of utilizing shrooms all of that kind of created a, created a space or a little bit more of an avenue to really uh find healing and who i was and kind of all my own struggles right and that's still a journey but um that was more of my later twenties into to now. So it's so interesting how a substance like psilocybin can be utilized for fun and be utilized for healing. And it yet in both, I really found peace and that's not for everyone. A lot of people have had like aversive trips, but for me, it was like such a dope experience and still is. And a couple of things I always feel, regardless of what substance you use, is that it really does matter who you surround yourself with. It really does matter what environment you're in. And it really does matter the uh, headspace that you're going into when you utilize these mind-altering substances, like even alcohol. And I just feel like a lot of people nowadays, what's fascinating is, though these substances have been around forever, psychedelics has been around forever, it's almost like this new wave of people fucking doing it. And what I actually find interesting, and I'm wondering your guys' thoughts, is people utilizing it as the only way they find healing. For instance, I see a lot of fucking people on Instagram you know, saying, oh, I do shrooms and like I'm a better person or like, you know, like they go on these like spiritual awakenings and you go on one and like you're done. And I just really don't buy into that shit. Like I feel like there's no end to figuring out who you are in life. There's always going to be something. So I don't just buy into these like one odds or buy into the narrative that psychedelics is going to be a fucking cure all because it won't. You know, weed's not a fucking cure-all, even for people with anxiety or, you know, even dealing with like seizures and stuff. They still have to take necessary action into their health, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental, to get to a better space. And I feel like when we talk about destigmatizing psychedelics or psilocybin specifically, we also need to come from a more educational approach. I also do believe that we still need to continue to have stipulations and understand the pros and cons of any substance we use. I think that that, in a way, we could call is informed consent and understanding of the things that we are putting into our bodies. Um, sorry if you hear do- uh, dogs barking, my neighbor has a farm. <laughs> and the dogs fucking bark. Um, but anyways, I just, I don't know. I kind of exist on this plane of utilizing shrooms currently as a way to supplement healing. But I also think it's important to always say that it is not the, uh, end all be all for healing. There is no way that I personally feel that it will solve all of your problems. And I just feel like that's a bit of a misnomer in this day and age. So what also is fascinating, kind of leading into the kind of evidence side of things or the kind of clinical research that's coming up that I think is so dope is understanding how psilocybin-assisted therapy is really great for individuals working through trauma as we know, kind of, let's say early 60s, 70s back in the day, again, correct me if I'm wrong, and if, if I'm getting that timeline wrong, um, but back in the day, kind of the LSD-assisted therapy and the research on that obviously had pros and cons and all that good shit, but what's fascinating fascinating is it's kind of coming up again with psilocybin, and there's even like ketamine-assisted therapy, which I don't really know too much about, so if anyone has some uh, knowledge on that. That could be fascinating. But finding out how utilizing psilocybin could be a way to create space for more emotions to pop up Thus, if you are with a, practic- a practitioner who is educated and licensed to do so, that's number two, um, licensed to provide that kind of therapy, you can end up kind of creating more opportunities for working through some of those deep emotional wounds and or trauma you may have. And I just find that so fascinating because I've really been into trauma, um, Doing the trauma work in therapy, I had a mentor, a supervisor who really taught me a lot. I'm still learning; it's never ending. I feel like I've just touched the tip of the iceberg, you know. These three years later, and I still don't know all that I know. But just working with people who have um, deep trauma, I already find how emotionally gratifying that could be. So I imagine and and am fascinated by psilocybin-assisted therapy because I know firsthand what it's like to have that as a supplement to the healing work I do on my own. Um, And I know some people now in my life who are licensed. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in California, you do need to be licensed, like specifically licensed to provide psilocybin-assisted therapy in the state of California. Um, And you can't do that just like on your own, which I am not there yet. I'm not uh, licensed for that. So, Anyways, I just find all of that kind of fascinating in terms of kind of these healing journeys we all do this new wave of therapy. I just, you know, of course, a therapist saying I don't find therapy is for everyone, but for people it is for and for people that do come from different walks of life and different emotional wounds, I do find that that piece could be very fascinating. The other thing I wanted to say quickly, too, was I do think if we are going to kind of continue to destigmatize substances as a way of providing healing, I obviously think it's important that we come from a more individualized approach. Um, assessment and all that, meaning as providers, I do think it's going to be important that we kind of individualize the treatment plan, individualize the goals kind of set forth with our clients to ensure we're doing it in the most ethically appropriate and safe way. Of course, you know, even talking about informed consent, for instance, means identifying the risks that are associated with this kind of processing in a deep way. Processing trauma in general is fucking traumatizing. <laughs> like, we don't talk enough about that. Like, we're bringing up shit, regardless if we're talking about the specific inst- instances. Uh, we still are bringing up those kind of feelings and it kind of reverberates in our body. So, um, I just think having a really good, plan for managing what comes up, especially if you are the person receiving psilocybin-assisted therapy or you are the person providing it, I think is one step, one kind of action plan we can take to ensure we are doing our due diligence to do things the right way and not causing further harm. Uh, my hope is, you know, that we don't continue to cause further harm, but we can't, you know, be perfect. And so I just find that piece of it fascinating too. I'm currently reading this book called, uh, Psychedelics and Psychotherapy or Psychotherapy and Psychedelics. I forgot, but I'll add the um, book name in the description of this episode by Gaber Mate. And it's very fascinating, very, very fascinating. So, you know, I'm curious, what are your guys' thoughts into where the research goes from here? Do you think that Then this new wave of psilocybin assisted therapy is essential. Do you think that it's fucking stupid and we should do away with it? What are your thoughts on psychedelics as a whole? Do you, if you do engage in them, do you find them uh, to be fun? Do you find them to be healing? Do you find them to be a little bit of both? Where are, what's your stance on this? Where do you kind of fall? I'm very curious. What are your thoughts on my own story and kind of the, the nuances of individuals who um, especially can understand their own high-risk behaviors and how that then kind of implicates their own decision-making around substance use. You know, like, I'm just curious about all your kind of thoughts on that and just analyzing kind of everything I've said. So let me know. I also want to say too, this is going on Spotify and I think a couple of other places, I'm not too sure. I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out how to put my episodes across different platforms. But at least with Spotify, what I do know is you can at least rate my podcast, please give me five stars if you like my shit. If not, and you have critiques, I am open to them, but please don't give me a bad review. I didn't do anything. Um, I'm still learning. So if you would like to send your critiques, if you would like to give me requests, if you would just like to reach out, you can do so via the podcast email and let me give that to you. It is the name of this podcast, all things psychological podcast at gmail.com. Again, that email address that you can reach me out for all inquiries, critiques, feedback, questions, all that good shit is all things psychological podcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you need anything else, let me know. I will also put that in the episode description. And until next time, this is a learning experience. I'm gonna get better at these episodes now being motivated again. But I hope to um, be providing more episodes soon. See you next time.